Before we get into today's episode, this is a safe space. We're talking about Anthony Richardson again and mostly going through the YouTube comments from yesterday's episode. Then we'll wrap up with a bit of a mailbag only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free reviews in the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. And before we get into today's content, I'm going to let you know that tomorrow and Sunday we have bonus content coming out tomorrow, crossover special with David Harrison of Lockdown Bucks. Uh, to talk that Bucks and Gators connection Sunday, the full Princely interview is coming out. So we get that. It's coming out by itself as a solo piece. So you can watch that. But it's time to get into today's content. We're talking about Anthony Richardson again. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about this because if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, uh, I, I spoke about Anthony Richardson because a commenter on Wednesday uh, asked you know, about the concerns with Anthony Richardson throwing the ball and, and his accuracy, accuracy issues. And so pretty much I, I, I said what it was. He's always been an inaccurate passer. That's not what he is. He's a big arm. He's a mobile dude. But accuracy is an issue. If accuracy was a concern for you before, then you should be concerned. If you weren't concerned about it before, then there's nothing has nothing's changed. So I don't know why you would be now. Um, so that that's the gist of what I said. I, if you didn't check the comments yesterday... I'm jealous uh, because, yeah, things got a little bit tense yesterday. A lot of points were brought up, and so we're going to spend today's show, the first two segments, talking about those points because I I think that some valid points were raised and a few ideas that were raised, but we got to talk about them a little bit. So first up is the argument of what Anthony Richardson is right now versus what I'm comparing him to because... A lot of people in the comments um, were upset because I talked about his accuracy, and then that's a very touchy top uh, topic, apparently. Um, but they were like, "Oh, like, wh- like, why do you compare him to Peyton, Man- or why do you want him to be Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady?" Um, that's not what I want him to be. That that's not it at all. Uh, and I, I said accuracy is a concern because it is. You know, you look, you're looking at a quarterback who. I said it in the in the first game of the season last year when he was overthrowing receivers late in the blowout. I was just like, look, he, he's overthrowing these guys. And people brought up the argument of he's throwing to backups. I don't care who you're throwing to. I said it yesterday. If you're throwing to an O-lineman, it's your job to get the ball to them accurately. He didn't do that. It's a concern. Um, I, I'm also not someone that's like, oh, I don't want an athlete at quarterback. I want an accurate passer, pocket passer. If I wanted that, I would have been saying Jack Miller the third should be our starting quarterback, but instead for a month or two now, I've been saying Anthony Richardson is the guy that I want. Um, so to say that, you know, I don't like him because he's not my style of quarterback, uh, that's just completely false because Anthony Richardson is exactly the kind of quarterback that I like. He's got a bazooka for an arm. He is athletic as all heck. And his ceiling is insane. I've told you guys before, I think he can genuinely become like Josh Allen. In the terms of like, be, like he can become an elite quarterback 
in the NFL. I'm not just saying college. I think he can. I think he has all the tools to be an elite starting quarterback in the NFL. He's incredibly raw right now. What would you expect? He started one game. He's been a rotational player, if you even want to call him that. He didn't play that much. So he's still incredibly raw. That's fine. And I've said, I'm fine rolling with it. Like, I'm fine rolling through the motions, and I'm fine just letting him figure it out as a starting quarterback, and I'm, I'm banking on upside. That's what I'm, I have no problem doing that right now. But I, I think you also have to acknowledge he's a raw passer right now. He's a raw quarterback. We, we talked about success, and people were like, oh, who cares if he's inaccurate? He, you, you could still be successful. No duh. Um, of course, of course, Florida can win with him. That's an obvious thing. Heck, we won the Natty with a quarterback who was arguably Anthony Richardson, but less athletic. Maybe more power running style, but but less athletic. Obviously, the team around him is obviously uh, more talented. That's one of the talent, most talented college football teams we've ever seen. Uh, but you know, the Gators can win with him. That's I I have no doubt about that, especially because I'm looking at what Billy Napier typically does on offense, and I see we we discussed this a lot with Billy Napier got the job where he said, you know, there's going to be a lot of screens. There's going to be a lot of deep passes. And those are going to be like the, the two primary passing styles are going to be screens and deep passes. Dope. Love that. Uh, offensively also, a lot of wide zone runs. There's probably going to be a good deal of option mixed in. You know, with Levi Lewis last year, Billy Napier brought option in there. Before that, he didn't really have the option game super involved in his offense. But he adapts depending on who his starting quarterback is or who his quarterback is in general. Because obviously, if there's an injury or whatever, then he's going to adapt the offense still to fit their needs. So that that's irrelevant to me. Um, but no, Billy Napier's offense is going to fit Anthony Richardson's style. It's, it's going to fit his skill set. You know, we're going to let the mobile quarterback let him run. Anthony Richardson hurdled the dude last year. He's a freak athlete. It's amazing. And he's got a, like I said, bazooka for an arm. But here's my thing also. Imagine if he was an accurate passer as well. And I, I don't need him to be Brady Breeze. I don't even be, I don't even need him to be Kyle Trask. I try him to be more accurate. If he's a more accurate passer, imagine how much more lethal this football team becomes. And he could certainly develop. You, you know, you got f- almost five months before the season starts. You've got so much time to work. Anthony Richardson is going to get better. He's going to get more in rhythm with this offense. The offense is likely going to change shape a little bit and kind of fit his needs more. So so there's plenty of time to find success and there's plenty of time to develop. But right now, accuracy is a concern for him. And I'm, I'm not going to back down from that. I've been saying it since we first saw him play. I've been saying, you know, accuracy, not, not his strong suit right now. He, he's very bad at that. He's got to improve. And we'll see if he does. And we're about to talk more about it. You know, we're going to talk about comparing him to similar style quarterbacks, such as Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, we're going to talk about, Johnny Manziel, we're going to bring up. Uh, We're going to compare him to Emory Jones, which I realize sounds wild, but it's because a commenter brought it up yesterday. So I'm going to do it today. Uh, But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Built Bar because it's it's spring break time. It is. it's, It's very... Uh, saddening to me right now that it's almost summertime because I'm, I'm summer body is not ready. Uh, but I'm trying to get fit. I'm trying to eat healthy. So I'm eating Built Bar. And let me tell you, Built Bar is delicious. If, you, if you've never had Built Bar or Built Bar Puffs, oh my lord. Built Bar Puffs is 
it, it, it's a, a protein marshmallow. It's ridiculous. The coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars only have 130 calories, just four net carbs, which is what matters to me, along with 17 grams of protein. You could throw out the hidden stashes, the candy hidden, wherever you got it hidden, and you can just go with Built Bar. You don't got to feel bad. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel guilty. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5. Thanks again for making Locked on Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the second segment of today's show, we are going to talk about Anthony Richardson again. And like I said, we're going to compare him to other similar styles because people brought up brought up this argument in a, a multitude of ways. They brought up these quarterbacks specifically, and that's pretty much all of who I'm going to talk about, but Lamar Jackson, Terrell Pryor, Tim Tebow, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Cam Newton. Those are the quarterbacks that got brought up frequently. And I'm going to talk about the first question that got brought up with them because I think it's, I, I, I don't even know what adjective I would use to describe it. But the question was, did they need to work on their throwing? Um, yes. <laughs> and the answer is yes there. Uh, you list Lamar Jackson, Terrell Pryor, Tim Tebow, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, and asked, did they need to work on their throwing? Besides Kyler, yes. Kyler Murray was a phenomenal passer coming out of college. Loved him. Thought he was great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he really needed to develop a little bit as a passer, but he was a, a passer. But you look at Cam Newton when he carried Auburn to the National or BCS Championship. Cam Newton did that with his legs mostly. And I get it. You could say the talent around him wasn't really there and all these reasons. But guess what? Cam Newton did it with his legs. And then Cam Newton went to the NFL as an incredibly raw quarterback, mobile big arm, and he developed as a passer to become an NFL MVP. But yes, Cam Newton did need to work on his throwing. You look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was legitimately asked to work out at other positions at the NFL Combine because teams had so many questions about his accuracy. For the first year of him as a starter, most of his offense, well, not most, but a lot of his offense was based around the option run and him running. And then he developed as a passer and became an NFL MVP. And then you look at uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott coming out of college, a lot of people were saying, you know, he's a fourth-round pick, first of all, so obviously he wasn't this superstar, clean-cut prospect. But fourth-round pick, and a lot of people were saying, you know, he, he could be a tight end at the NFL level. He's, he's not a quarterback, but he worked on his passing, also a Dan Mullen quarterback, worked on his passing, developed, and became better. He became, I, I'll say conservatively top 10 quarterback. I, I don't think you can name 10 quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott. Um, so I, I'll say at the absolute worst, top 10 quarterback. So you look at Lamar, MVP. You look at Cam Newton, MVP. You look at Dak Prescott, great player, possible future MVP. You look at Kyler Murray, possible future MVP. But again, he was already a phenomenal passer. Kyler Murray was incredibly mobile, but he wasn't a running quarterback. Like, like He would move a lot to extend plays and complete passes, but he's not a quarterback like when Lamar was in college or like when Cam was in college or Dak Prescott even when they were in college, that they would run the ball. I'm listening to those three. Obviously, Terrell Pryor and Tim Newton were all, and Tim Tebow were also the same way, but uh, I haven't spoken about them yet. Uh, so Lamar, Dak, Cam Newton, all mobile and quarterback, mobile in college, ran the ball more than, more than they wanted to throw the ball. Uh, Kyler Murray was a 
a, a phenomenal passer. And then you look at Terrell Pryor and you look at Tim Tebow and you say, did they need to work on their throwing? Well, I'm not going to bring up the draft for Terrell Pryor because he was a supplemental guy. So there was, there's that, but Tim Tebow first round pick as a quarterback, you know, he was first round pick as a quarterback. He was, I mean, even at the time I was like, Hmm, that's yikes. Um, and when he was a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, they were a full option offense. Like they were, they were an option offense to the purest extent. Willis McGahee, phenomenal defense, all that stuff. But Tim Tebow, bad passer, phenomenal option quarterback. Terrell Pryor, same thing. But you talk about, did they need to work on their throwing? At the end of their NFL careers, neither Terrell Pryor nor Tim Tebow were even playing quarterback anymore. Terrell Pryor was a wide receiver for the Browns, the Washington football team, and the Raiders. Uh, actually, I don't, I'm sorry. He might not have been for the Raiders. I think that it was when he went for the Browns, he moved to receiver. Uh, and then you look at Tim Tebow, who was a quarterback for four years. He went to the Jets. Uh, he went to the Eagles and the Patriots. And he was asked, you know, would you change positions? Would you do something else? And he said, no, I'm either going to be a quarterback or I'm not going to be in the NFL. And then he went to baseball. And then he came back to the NFL as a tight end. So clearly... Tim Tebow needed to work on his passing. He did not work on his passing enough, and he did not become a legitimate NFL quarterback. Terrell Pryor, same thing. Mar Jackson, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray all became legitimate quarterbacks. People bring up Trey Lance, too. Trey Lance is, I mean, nothing proven, so I can't really even speak on him. But, you know, they developed as passers. You look at if you can win with them, obviously you can win with them. You know, Lamar Jackson and Louisville better than they've been in years. Terrell Pryor had Ohio State just constantly in the national title picture. Tim Tebow, enough said. You guys would all know that about that. Dak Prescott had Mississippi State. Phenomenal. Cam Newton won the national championship. Kyler Murray, just phenomenal Heisman. You know, all these things where, yes, you can win with them. You can succeed with them. But that doesn't... Just like, like that doesn't mean you should disregard the deficiencies that they have. Cam Newton, when he was coming out of college, passing was a huge question. It was a heavy, it was a heavy option offense. Kyler Murray, the biggest question was just his size, and I'm not even saying height. For me, the biggest concern was his his frame. Um, he's very small. If he gets hurt, what happens? But he's also one of the best quarterbacks at making sure he doesn't get hit. He slides a ton. Dak Prescott was could he become a passer? Lamar Jackson was could he become a passer? Uh, Lamar, Dak, and Cam all became passers. Terrell Pryor and Tim Tebow did not, and they weren't even quarterbacks at the end of their career. So yes, you can win college with that. You can win the Heisman. You can be American. You can be a national championship. That all that all that fun stuff. But if you want to go to the NFL and find success, you've got to become an accurate passer. So I don't know why people are like, oh, you want Anthony Richardson to become an accurate passer? That that's a horrible take. No, I want him to find success in the NFL. And and if he's a passer, we're going to win more games. If he, if he can become a more accurate passer, we're going to win more games. Looking at Emory Jones, we talked about him last year, and everybody was calling for Emory Jones's head and wanting Anthony Richardson to be the starting quarterback. And, I, I mean, even I was at a certain point. I was like, look, like Emory's done. He's not going to be a Gator quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback for the Florida Gators. And a commenter brought this up yesterday of saying, if you look at the numbers – if you look at the numbers, Anthony Richardson is one of the best deep passers in Florida Gators history. And here's the thing with that. Uh, if you look at the, they said, if you look at the short passing and deep passing, Anthony Richardson is one of the best quarterbacks in Florida Gators history. Um, if you look at the deep passing and the short passing, Emory Jones had better numbers, not even on a uh, quantitative 
measure, not not num not number of passes. No, but if you look at the um, the efficiency numbers, you look at adjusted completion percentage, actual completion percentage, uh, passer rating, and turnover worthy plays. Emory Jones was better than Anthony Richardson in all of those metrics in both short passing and deep passing. If you if you think that that's good, then hey, that, that great for you guys. But we know Emory Jones struggled a lot as a passer, and efficiency wise, he was more efficient than Anthony Richardson. So don't tell me that Anthony Richardson doesn't need to work on his accuracy. That's a concern. It's a legitimate concern. I love Anthony Richardson, and I I want him to be QB1, and I think the Florida Gators can win with him. But I'm not going to just disregard any issues that he might have as a passer. Um, But that's all I'm going to say on that today. Now now we're going to move to a mailbag, which is a lot more fun. We're going to end Friday and the week on a good note. We've got bonus content coming out tomorrow, Sunday, all that stuff. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Bet Online because March Madness is over. Yesterday was MLB opening day, so that made me very happy. Uh, basketballs, playoffs, revving up, it's that fun stuff. And I'm using Bet Online because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much, not just basketball, not just baseball, not just football, but I mean, not even all sports. It's got politics, it's got. Um, the TV award shows, uh, aliens attacking, lottery numbers. Who who's gonna the last number of the Dow Jones? All these things. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're going with a little bit of a fan mailbag through DMs or YouTube comments. Uh, tight end's importance in the offense is something that we're going to talk about a little bit here because I touched on it yesterday, you know, talking about 12 personnel heavy. And someone in the comments yesterday was like, hey, you know, like tight ends can make or break the offense with the Florida Gators. So I'm interested to see how it's going to go because Dan Mullen kind of ignored the tight ends. And he did. Keon Zipper did not play as much as he should have. Kimora Gamble... I know that the fan base is very sour on him as a player, but when he got involved in the offense later in the season, he was cooking. So I don't, I don't want to hear it. It's just tight ends in this offense are going to be more involved, more important, and more crucial. In the run game, obviously, they're going to be big-time blockers because we're going to have multiple tight ends on the field a lot. So you've got to be a reliable blocker as, as a tight end. So that's something that we get to see this year. But in the passing game, it's also a little weird because we've got great receiving tight ends, or at least I think they can be great receiving tight ends. But when you look at an offense and how often tight ends are really involved, a lot of times it depends on your quarterback. Um, You look at Eli Manning. Eli Manning used tight ends a lot, no matter who it was. You know, Jeremy Shockey, uh, Evan Ingram, Kevin Boss, Jake Ballard, whoever it was, they used their tight ends a lot. And that's fine. It's your safety blanket. Peyton Manning did the same thing because they they know that tight ends your safety blanket and they're not agile enough to create plays on their own after that. So they had to get rid of the ball. Uh, Russell Wilson tends to completely ignore his tight end. You know, we've seen we've seen guys make things happen every now and then. Luke Wilson's found some success there. Uh, Jimmy Graham Jimmy Graham found some success there. Uh, but all in all. Russell Wilson has really ignored the tight end position a lot. He likes to work vertically down the sideline, which is fine. That's that's like a different strokes, different folks kind of thing, you know? So, you know, he likes to work vertically down the sideline. So it depends on what Anthony Richardson will want to do. Um, I think when we're looking at short and intermediate 
routes, Anthony Richardson is going to look at tight end because I think with Billy Napier's offense, uh, they're going to be over the middle of the field a lot. And I think Anthony Richardson likes to work the middle of the field. You know, he, he loves hitting post routes deep downfield. So that's going to be something where he's going to get to do that. But I, I, I think Anthony Richardson likes to work the middle of the field a lot. So I think tight ends are going to be involved in the passing game. If he's there, if it's Jack Miller, I'm not sure. Because I think if Jack Miller's here, it's going to be a lot of RPOs. And so I think we might see a lot of receiver slants. Uh, running back roles, someone DM me asking about which running backs will play which roles. Um, power, receiving speed, like who's going to be the specialist there. Uh, when we look at power, I think it's going to be Trevor Etienne. I, I just, I think he's thickly built. I think he's got, I think he's capable of doing it all. So I, I think Trevor Etienne is going to be our power back. But I do think power running is going to be a little bit of a deficiency for this Florida Gators team, at least while Etienne's getting up to speed and while he's developing. Um, I don't think there's a lot, there's a ton of power on this team. As the receiving back, that's a little hard to say because something we haven't seen from this running back room so far really is their ability as pass blockers. We only saw Naquan right last year and he was okay. Um, I think this year though, with Billy Napier, especially if you are a running back that can pass protect, you're really going to stick out and get on the field more. So I think that's going to be important where I, it's hard to say, I think in pure receiving ability, uh, it's DeMarcus Bowman or Naquan, right? But I think if you're looking at a pass protector, I think it might be Naquan Wright just because he's got more experience doing it in-game. But also, if it were DeMarcus Bowman, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I think we see Naquan Wright be that guy. Uh, and speed, all of them. <laughs> this is a very fast running back room. Uh, but I think if I have to pick one who's going to be like on uh, almost exclusively used when they're a runner outside... I think it's going to be um, Lorenzo Lingard or Demarcus Bowman. Uh, just I think they've got the great speed to get to the outside, and I think that they can make those plays. But I think this is a very fast running back room, so I'm not super concerned about speed either way. Uh, someone asked me, Jack Miller, Jalen Kitna, or Carlos Del Rio Wilson. So I'm assuming uh, this is you know who's going to be like ranking them. I'm assuming uh, not an, not an FMK thing, um, but I'm assuming it's that. But Jack Miller the third, Jalen Kitna, Carlos Torrio Wilson. I think I think if I were Billy Napier, I think I'd go. Obviously, QB one is Anthony Richardson. QB two would be Carlos Torrio Wilson. QB three would be Jack Miller, and QB four would be Jalen Kitna. The reasoning for that is. I think in terms of play style, I've said that, I said this, I think it was earlier this week or maybe last week, uh, but I think in terms of play style, Carlos Dario Wilson is closer to Anthony Richardson than Jack Miller is. I think talent-wise, Jack Miller is above Carlos Dario Wilson, but I think with Carlos Dario Wilson, if anything happens to Anthony Richardson, you don't have to change your offense that much. I think he's capable of doing it all, um, where... If Jack Miller takes over, you kind of have to abandon certain parts, like a lot of bootlegs and a lot of the option things that I expect to see. So I think I'd go Carlos Dario Wilson second on the depth chart. Uh, but I think Jack Miller is more talented than Carlos Dario Wilson and Jalen Kitna. And Jalen Kitna's last, because I'll be honest with you, he's QB4, and it's not close to me. Uh, so he, he he's there. He's got... I, I think if we wanted a quarterback with that style, we would just go Jack Miller in the third. So that, that's why I'm like, I, you know, I, that's, that's where I'm set. And then the last thing that people asked about was Devin Moore playing quarterback, playing cornerback this year. If I think that he would do it, um, I think it's certainly possible. But here's the thing with the with the young DBs: uh, there's a lot of defensive back talent in this room right now. And I mean, especially at corner, there's a lot of talent there because you've got. We're probably going to see 
a mix at star of who's going to be playing, who's going to be rotating in because it's probably going to go uh, safety skill sets and corner skill sets. But at corner, you've got Jalen Kimber just came in from Georgia. You've got Jason Marshall Jr. has been dominant in camp so far. All reports say he's been dominant. Avery Helm, you know, he's he's my number two corner on the team, and, and he's really stepped up this spring. And I, th- I think I think a lot of the people that don't like Avery Helm are going to kind of not get proven wrong, but they're kind of going to wake up to him a little bit this year. Uh, you got Jaden Hills coming back from injury. You've got just, just just so much talent. You've got Pouncey back there still. You've got, I mean, Trevez Johnson is going to be playing safety. You got Kamar Wilcoxon could be playing that star role. Travis Johnson could play that star role. You've got uh, Janarius Perkins could play that star role. I'm sure I'm missing dudes off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm again, I'm just riffing off the top of the head here. Um, but I, I, I think that Devin Moore at corner this year, not likely, just because again, like I think he's, a, I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, he's, I think he's very toolsy to do that. But at the same time, I think right now the Florida Gators cornerback room is phenomenal so i think it's just very hard to get on the field as as such a young player right now so i don't think it happens this year maybe next year we're having a different conversation depending on what happens with jason marshall jr and all that but i i think devin moore is not going to play much at corner this year but hey i wouldn't be opposed to it if he does thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day every day you are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Sunday. We've, we've got bonus content throughout coming your way with more Florida Gators. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E. And I any sports now. See you all tomorrow.